We're on rolling. Okay. I'll, I'll just get the clapping. Are you recording? Yep. All right, welcome into the first ever episode of Bar Talk. I'm Adam, got a nice cold Coors Light for me. To my left, I got Blake. How are we doing tonight? I'm doing well. Uh, my name is Blake, and I'll be drinking a nice, crisp blue moon this evening. A couple of them. <laughs> oh, more than one. Got a couple of blue moons. <laughs> My right, we got Andrew. How are we doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Adam? Uh, tonight I'll be drinking a White Claw Seltzer uh, Mango. It's a little warm for my liking, but it's still, it's still tasting pretty good, I will say. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, welcome to Bar Talk, where we're just hanging out, drinking beer, talking about anything and everything here. So tonight, on our first ever episode, we thought it would be good to talk about the drinking age in the United States. There's lots to talk about with that. Um, so why don't we go ahead and get started? Does that sound good? That sounds good. All right, let's do it, gentlemen. Okay, so we can go ahead and start here with a little bit of history of the drinking age in the United States. Um, for all of our listeners out there, you probably know it's 21, but uh, back in the day, that actually came after Prohibition. Uh, the 21st Amendment was signed on December 5th, 1933, uh, which allowed each state to set its own alcohol consumption laws. Uh, and at that time, actually, most states established that drinking age to be 21, uh, which comes out of England uh, back in the day, in England, you'd have to be 21 to become a knight and to vote. Uh, so that's where they got the age. Kind of cool history there. But uh, that all changed in 1971 um, after there was the 26th Amendment, which lowered the legal voting age from 21 to 18. Uh, and that also changed with uh, the passage of making you can be able to be drafted at 18. Uh, so it makes sense. People are pretty angry about being able to be drafted and not be able to drink, something that we're still <laughs> arguing today. Um, so most states actually lowered their age back to 18 uh, in the early 1980s. Um, and that all changed back to 21 in 1984. Uh, a lot of people think actually that it was passed in a law to make it 21 across the country, uh, but it was really just um, an act that Congress passed called the National Minimum Drinking Age Act of 1984, which didn't actually have any distinctive laws. All it said was that if states did not have their drinking age to be 21, then they could not, um, they, would, they would lose about 10% of their highway funds, um, which was really important for the states at that time. You know, states don't like to lose. Sounds like money. blackmailing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so kind of a, a loophole to get through the system there. I mean, that's millions of dollars for the states that they couldn't really turn down on. Uh, so they all changed to 21. Um, and the last to do so were South Dakota and Wyoming. They made it till 1988. But after that, uh, it's been 21 ever since. Uh, so kind of some interesting background there and why it's been 21 and how we've gotten to where we are today. Um, I'm just still thinking about over here if Andrew could ever become a knight. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking about. Oh, I can be the best night. Yeah. I can be the best night around. So, Andrew, let's let's talk about kind of let's get some worldwide perspective here. All right. So, you go ahead and take it away. I, I'm I'm pretty passionate about this because <laughs> as a lifelong American citizen, I think we pride ourselves on running the cleanest and the strongest operation we can as a country uh, globally and domestically. And I believe that we kind of lack ourselves in a incorrect drinking age due to who we're paired with globally. In terms of other 21-year-old countries uh, that we're, we're paired with, the same drinking age, we're paired with countries like Mongolia and <laughs> Nauru and Cote d'Ivoire. And I don't really think, as an American citizen, that should be our objective. I think our objective <laughs> should be to be paired with more Western civilizations, 
like let's say like a France, like an England, uh, maybe a Germany or some more Western civilizations that maybe we could align our drinking ages with. Um, so you would say a unipolar power like the United States leading the country in democracy in all corners of the earth should uh, be leading the country as well in the drinking. And the drinking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly Absolutely. my point, Blake. I'm, I'm very passionate about this, too. And I, I think it's, it's sad that our leaders, unfortunately, don't see this. <laughs> yeah, we got a total of 12 countries have their drinking age to be 21. And countries that have it, 18 to 19, 116. So greatly outnumbered. United States, the only... You could argue first world country that has has the age of twenty one, and uh, I I believe like uh, I have a friend of mine named Grant Hassock. Shout out Grant Hassock. He's <laughs> actually in Belgium right now serving his country, and he's only the age of nineteen. He's coming back in uh, April, and he will not be able to go to the local liquor store and buy a beer. But he was able to take a M sixteen bullet to the heart from someone. If he was <laughs> so like I, mean, I hate to get graphic here, but. I just think that if someone's able to serve their country, they should be able to drink a beer. So I think that's a, a very good point to talk about here is that when they lower the drinking age to 18 during the Vietnam War, because if people said if you're getting sent off to war, then you should be able to vote for the people mm -hmm. who are sending you off. Would you not say that that same principle extends to every right to, to every right that uh, a human can have in the United States? I would say I would say it does, and I believe that if you're able to serve your country, you should be able to drink a beer and relax in your country as well. So that's where me and the United States uh, legal system don't exactly align. But I wouldn't even say just drinking a beer. I mean, because my personal opinion about the matter is that if you are old enough to get drafted to war, I think that at that point you are an adult in the country, and that you should have every. If you're getting drafted, you should have every right available to you at that point there should no there should not be any extension past that point if you can die for your country there's no reason that you should not have every available right that in that is exists in in that country that's a much better way to put it and i agree with you <laughs> well i think we're something that we're going to talk about is even though it is 21 it doesn't stop anyone 18 maybe even younger 19 to stop from drinking at all um, Absolutely. and i know we've we've talked about a little bit about how there's actually a lot of dangers that come with that drinking age being 21, um, such as binge drinking, pre-gaming, stuff like that. Because when you're that 18, 19, 20-year-old, um, and you can't drink where you can't go out to the bars, so you've got to drink like crazy before you go somewhere because you still want to have fun. And that can be way more dangerous than being able to go and pace yourself. There are plenty of downsides to the to the drinking age being 21 as well as some positive as well. We're not going to say we're all on yeah. one side here. But I think it introduces this whole aspect of secrecy that does not exist in many European countries. That is a part of the European culture that they will sit down and they'll drink with their parents first. It's a part of their dinner. It's a learning experience. Yeah, it's a learning experience. It's just part of it's a part of their culture. It's not a big event. But here when they push the drinking age to 21, it turns into this big this big privilege, this big event where people um, have to just get belligerently drunk instead of just having it as a casual pair I mean, to their I, meal or just a good night. Yeah, everyone's been there. They've, everyone's been about 15, 16 years of age in their parents' basement sneaking poles of Bartons out of the water yep. bottle. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> we've all been there, guys, but I just I just believe that with it, it creates a culture where you look at drinking like it's such a privilege when in reality it, it, it shouldn't be. You can learn how to drink the right way, and I think in America we kind of – don't know how to drink the right way, but I'm, this is not going to turn into a lecture here, but I just <laughs> believe that 
that maybe with the younger drinking age that you could learn how to drink with your parents and maybe learn how to drink responsibly and you wouldn't see such high binge drinking numbers here in the States. I think we really just kind of flip a switch over here that one day that you can't have a sip of alcohol and the next day then you can go into a liquor store and just buy uh, Everclear mm-hmm. and I think that doesn't make much sense to me. Um, I think where they had it before maybe even you know some of the history that we passed over the 3-2 beer where you could you had access to beer at 18 and then full access to 21 or something like that mm-hmm. just to, to wet your feet a little bit before you go from no not a sip of alcohol and then you turn 21 and then you can just buy anything do anything you yeah want. do buy anything yeah. do anything you want it just doesn't make any sense to me yeah and the, and the best part about it is is how easy it is for minors to get access to it and it's practically impossible to make that happen um, because I know we've kind of a tangent here but um, recent couple of states have made marijuana legal, <laughs> and with that, they've made a uh, daily limit. Is that correct, that Andrew? Is that correct, yes. <laughs> and with alcohol, there's not a daily limit. <laughs> so if you get someone who's 21, then go in there with thousand dollars, purchase a lot of alcohol, distribute sure. it a lot. So there's really no way to enforce the distribution of it, and it's just I don't know. I think we think it's a lot safer if you have it to be. 18, 19, or something like that. So I think we also kind of glazed over the whole pregame aspect a little bit, but I think that is a massive part of American culture. Mm-hmm. Just Agreed. because whether it's in high school or college, whichever it is, because most people are not 21, even in college, until their mm-hmm. junior year. And so and you can't drink at the bars, so what do you do? You go you, you go wherever, you're, wherever you live at, you go with your friends, and just binge drink mm-hmm. before until you're belligerently drunk because you know you can't drink once you get to the venue that you're going to. Yeah. And it just creates this whole, uh, I don't want to keep saying culture, but this whole like ideology that you have to, you have to drink, you have to be drunk the entire time and you can't drink there. So you have to do it all before. And I think that's just a terrible method uh, of implementation of alcohol use. And I believe you see that a lot because it it leads to situations where I believe most people are not, I wouldn't say all people, but a lot of people get to the bar, get to the party, get to the setting, and maybe they realize that they've maybe had too much to drink because they felt the pressure that they had to drink a lot before because they didn't think they were going to be able to get a drink at the actual party or setting or wherever wherever they're located, I should say. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think also, especially in the high school setting, I think the the age leads to a lot of secrecy mm-hmm. with parents and with um, you know with guardians of kids because <clears throat> since it's illegal they feel like they can't um, they can't tell their parents they were drinking and they can't ask for help when you're 17 at high school prom and you're drunk and you need to ride and you can't call your parents because it's illegal mm-hmm. and you've never drank with your parents so it's not it's not an open dialogue it's not something that people really talk about because their parents don't expect them to drink until they're 21 mm-hmm. and so it just creates this this. Uh, this absolute disaster just waiting to happen yeah. of young kids that feeling, don't have anyone to talk feeling to. Feeling like they have yeah. to lie to their parents. Exactly. And it, creates a, it creates a bad, there's a lot of tension that comes from and that. And it also puts the parents in a bind, you know, because yeah. you want to be, cool keep your kids yeah. safe, but then you also realize, well, if they're not drinking at my house, then they're going to be drinking maybe somewhere more dangerous. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. and, it, and then it puts them in legal trouble because then they can get in trouble if they have kids over. So it's, Absolutely. So that's, it's where you get, that's where you get the mom pulling out the hat and putting the car keys in the hat. But yeah. like at the same time, though, that still like brings other problems because like the other parents maybe not know that not know that they're drinking, and then now they're gonna be sleeping over somewhere, and obviously they're just gonna be sleeping over at a friend's house. But not even know. that. I think even, there could be. I think there could be better ways we could go about it. Even on top of that, you know, um, kids are at a party or whatever it is, and they need a ride home, and they feel like they can't call their parents, and they drove there, and so they say, well, "My two options are, I." 
I either drive or I get grilled by my parents. And what are they going to do? They're going to drive. You're going to drive. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's just it's just a terrible a terrible setting. And we, we do have to shout out Uber and Lyft because Uber and Lyft have done a great job of removing a lot of these situations because a lot of people that do have an income or some sort of money to spend, they're able to buy Ubers and buy Lyfts, which uh, limits drunk driving. So I just wanted to shout them out there real quick. I think that's an entire – yeah, that's an entire tangent we could talk yeah, about. Yeah, we could talk yeah. about that tangent. but Yeah, no, I think that's a good point because – I mean, really, the main reason for that act in 1984 was the idea that drunk driving was a serious problem. Mm -hmm. And that was mainly a problem because some states were 18, some states were 21. So people would drive from one state over, say they're 21 in their state, so they're going to drive to where it's 18, buy beer, get drunk, and then drive home. And that creates a lot of, you know, they could be driving... 30, 45 minutes, you know, and then yeah. that creates are. a lot of fatalities through there. So the whole idea was based around drunk driving, but I think now when we have so much rideshare opportunities, mm -hmm. and I think for our generation, which is one thing I think the government and society has done well, is training our generation that drunk driving really is bad. And yep. I think we grew up getting that hammered into us, and I think that's been a good thing. But now... I don't really see it in our generation as much of a problem anymore. Do you? I, I do not. I do not see it as much of a problem anymore because I feel like there, are, there are so many options now. And to, to touch on like what what you were saying with like we have been grilled with like to not drink and drive for such a long time. Um, I believe like since sixth grade we had the the red ribbons, which was like the dare the, the dare program, the, yeah. the dare program, which kind of. Wasn't, it was more of a drug, whole, like, just say no to drugs sort of thing, Nancy Reagan. But it was more of, like, a whole just don't <laughs> yeah. drive. And I, be I believe, like, we've kind of been ingrained, and especially with the modern technology now that you're able to order an Uber, you're able to order a Lyft, or you're able to call a friend, you're able to do these things that maybe in 1986 you couldn't do. But I still don't think that the drinking age, even though that drinking uh, deaths are maybe down or fatalities are down due to drunk driving, I don't think the drinking age is still... I think it's just as big a problem that the fact that it's still 21 and not 18 or 19. But I think I think you bring up a good point that nowadays there's really just not an excuse for it. Yeah. Maybe back in the day yeah. people could kind of formulate an excuse that they were in the middle of the no <clears throat> middle of nowhere, nowhere to like no one to call, no app to get a ride. But now if you're in any industrialized city anywhere, at any anywhere time, in yeah, anywhere in the U.S. at any time, there is there is a Someone easy possibility for you to get a ride. Yep. But I, I don't think that takes anything away from the fact that the drinking age, this this podcast we're talking about, the drinking age at the age of 21, I still think the drinking age at the age of 21 is just an absolute catastrophe. I think the drinking age, if even if it was 19, I still think that it wouldn't affect people would still order Ubers and Lyfts and call their friends. So if the drinking age was 19 or 18, that wouldn't change. People would be like, oh, I'm 20 now. I can drive drunk. I don't think that would change anything. I don't know if the U.S. government will hear this, but that's, that's, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I think another thing we can talk about too is sure the drinking age is 21, but I mean it might as well be 18 or even yeah. 16 because it may be 21, but people are drinking. People are, yeah, people are drinking easily, like Adam mentioned. There's no difficulty getting alcohol under underage. Yeah, your sibling will buy you alcohol. If you have an older sibling, they'll buy you alcohol. Your friend, older cousin, yeah, a friend of a friend. No one's gonna be like, oh no, like I'm not gonna buy alcohol for a minor. No, you're not really a minor anywhere else in Western civilization. You're only a minor here in the United States. So it, it might as well just. I mean, the law says 21, but it may as well not say that because that is just not what is practiced at all. And to even mention the the entire the the tax revenue that they would get by reducing it to 18 would I, I'm sure just be absolutely tremendous and not dealing with all the MIPs 
and um, you know all that kind of stuff that from 18 to 21 that they have to deal with kids having alcohol that would just just take away a lot of the um, you know the problems that the police have agreed well I think we've done a pretty good job covering the whole problems of the drinking age being 21 so I think now kind of the second half of the podcast we can transition to what our different solutions are um, so there's a variety of different ones um, I can go ahead and start. So I kind of had this idea uh, pop into my mind in that the drinking age is so set in stone by the year. Most beautiful sound, all of the earth right there. Um, I just think it's pretty funny that it's based on, on solely on age. So Blake, your birthday's in September, correct? June. June. Even earlier. June. Yes. Okay. Blake's birthday's in June. My birthday's in April. So I'm what, 10 months? Yeah. 10 months so. younger than you. Um and Blake and I are both juniors in college, both receiving our college education right now. Yep. But Blake could drink 10 months before I can, even though we're, I mean, you could say we're basically at the same stage of life. So I think that part just doesn't really make sense to me. It's been struggling being in a later birthday at the end of April to be like all my friends who are at basically the stage, same stage of life as me all can drink, but I can't. It just doesn't really make sense. But one idea I had that we could do is kind of meet in the middle is maybe at 1920, you had the opportunity to uh, essentially apply for early access uh, to alcohol to kind of prove that you are an adult and you have that ability because that's what it's all about, right? You want to have it to be 21 because you want it to be like the real adults drinking alcohol. Um, but maybe say you're at 1920 and may, all you have to do is show that you're full-time school, fully employed, combination of the both, or some other thing that you can apply for. Um, and then you head to the DMV, submit your application. If you get approved, you get a sticker on your driver's license. Okay, now you can go uh, purchase alcohol, go to the bars, whatever, and have that. And it also kind of creates an incentive. Maybe there's a rule that you can't apply for if you have anything on your record. Uh, so you have that incentive to, you know, you want to be a good citizen until 1920 when that ever happens. Um, so you kind of have that idea of, okay, if I do this and I'm getting my life together, then I have the right to be able to enjoy a beverage on the weekends after I worked hard all week or went to school all week or et cetera. Well, so the whole idea to me is maturity, right? They want exactly. to set the limit at an age where they deem that you are mature enough to handle the effects of alcohol. And at a one day mark, the day before you're 21 and the day that you are 21, is is it magically gonna, like, is it gonna change? I don't believe so. And I would argue the same as you that we're both in the same grade of school and yes, we may, our birthdays may be 10 months apart, but our maturity is at the same level. Mm -hmm. So I think just some arbitrary number like your birthday is just not an effective way of doing things. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, let's be honest. There's some 21-year-olds who probably shouldn't be drinking. And there's some 18-year-olds who probably are at that maturity level. Absolutely. So it kind of like it doesn't really make sense for age to be the, the final declare about how mature you are. And I believe that I, I definitely an incentivized like base – uh, like program or not program, but just like a, what Adam is like some qualifications, some qualifications yeah. and like some rewards. So like if you're an 18, 19 year old and you're able to go through life and not, and not like, let's say cause any harm or just like break any laws and you're able to be a, like, let's say a sane drinker, I believe that you should maybe be able to keep your, let's say a sticker on your license. And then if you are an 18 and 19 year old and you maybe do create or do create some problems and obviously you lose your sticker, but I believe that an incentivized based way to maybe allow the 18 and 19 year old citizens in this nation to drink 
would be very good for everything because it would incentivize 18 and 19 year olds to not get in trouble because they would be able to enjoy a cold one with their buddies on the weekend. And I think that is basically when you're having five days of classes, six hours a day of classes, and you're studying all night, that, that's what that's what you look forward to is the beer with your buddies on the weekend. And I think that'd be very good for our 19 and 20 year olds here in this nation. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the big thing is, is you know, just creating that incentive. Like this country's so good at punishing bad behavior, but what do we do to reward good behavior? You know, I, I don't think there's how many policies are in place that reward, you know, as you're growing up is like, okay, if I do this, then I get access to this. It's just, okay, once you're 21, then no matter what's going on in your life, here you go, full reign, do whatever the hell you want, basically. Yeah. So I, I think it's just an idea kind of to, to discover. I don't know, I mean, the logistics of it. Do we th ever think that it could ever happen? I, I believe it could happen, but obviously it'd be it'd be kind of hard to you'd have to hire more probably federal employees. I'm sure it'd be federally regulated, and I don't think it'd be, I don't know if it'd be a state and local thing. I mean, you'd probably want to get the state and local governments involved, but I think that would be a tough policy. It'd be to a run tough. On. It'd be tough to. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, yeah, go about it could be, be easily it could be easily spun as they want to intoxicate our youth. Yeah, they want to you know do all sorts yeah. of you know just poison the the America's young people. So I think that would be a tough policy to run on. Yeah, I think that's the hard part. Is that is it's easy to run on the policy of twenty one to eighteen? You know, saying oh it's so much safer. But the idea of running from eighteen to you know even that incentivized program. Yeah, yep. that's like political suicide yeah, basically may as well be yeah so you never know what could happen with that but i mean i think even as we continue and continue to see ride sharing do increase and um autonomous vehicles you know that's a whole nother episode that we can get into but the idea as those start to come to fruition and just when i think the main as we go back to the, the basics here and, and when this was passed the whole idea was to stop drinking and driving so what happens when we have as a society basically tackled the idea of drinking and driving does that's that a, that's a fantastic point can we go back to how it was because if we accomplished our goal of getting underage people from drinking and driving and they don't drink and drive anymore can we transition back to that time I, I do believe that we could because I do believe that in 1984 when the amendment was passed, it was directly correlated with states that had the drinking age of 18 were having more fatalities due to drinking and driving than the states that were 21. They were having less fatalities. But if we do tackle that problem with drinking and driving fatalities, then why is the drinking age 21? And that raises the question, if we solve that problem, which was the whole problem that got us to the drinking age of 21 in the first place, why do we keep that same law? Another point entirely, too, is that if you look at some European countries that have it at 18, that their percentage of drunk driving accidents is entirely lower mm -hmm. than the United States. So then the question becomes, is it a cultural problem or is it something that the law has to do with? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's yeah, that's a good point. To back you up, Blake, so in the United States, 31% of road traffic deaths involve alcohol. And in Germany, it's 9%. Andrew, what's Germany's drinking age? I believe Germany's drinking age is 16. <laughs> yeah, you're correct on that. So I think it kind of just shows, I mean, also, caveat to that, Europe does have a lot better public transportation than we have in the yeah. United States. But still, it's just, I don't know if there's that direct correlation now between 21 and road fatalities because I think you still see the people that are getting in road fatalities 
are people that more struggle with alcohol abuse and they could be way more than 21 rather than just sure. because they're less than age. I'd agree with you there. I just believe that, and there's, I don't have much to add here, but I, I, do, I do think exactly what is being said right now is exactly, exactly true. And I don't know how we adopt it, but I believe that if we were able to lower our drinking age, it'd be good for uh, the nation. <laughs> anything else, gentlemen? I, I, don't, <laughs> I, think, I don't have anything else over here. I think that was a pretty good first episode. Yeah, yeah I think it was good. Cut, cut that last part out where mm. I started whispering. But, I mean, that was pretty good. Well, gentlemen. Should, all we, right, listen well, to it? Should we listen to it? Mm. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> Andrew, Blake. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Let's go have some more beers. Well, thanks for listening to the first episode of Bar Talk. We'll see you here next week.